0: This episode was filmed before a live studio audience.
1: It still doesn't work. Totally, hey. That totally works! Hey, welcome back to Even More Mashed Up. We are the pop culture podcast that talks about all things, well, pop culture. I'm Alan.
0: And I'm Patrick, and I thought that opening totally worked. Second time you thought it really worked. Yes.
1: Maybe the, maybe listeners will, will message in and let us know that it worked this time. I think Ed will appreciate it. He might be old enough to. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's
0: he's of our demographic. Certain kind of age. Exactly. That's exactly. right. Men of a certain age. Wasn't that a show?
1: Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was. Well, I, yeah. I it was a know. sitcom for a little while. Now, this is only two angry men. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, today, did you introduce yourself, by the way? I said I'm Patrick. Okay. Did you say what we're talking about today? No. So is it a grab bag? Yes, it's a summer grab bag. Is it a lightning round?
0: No, I don't think it's a lightning round. I like summer grab bag. We got
1: a lot to cover.
0: We do have a lot to cover. We don't have a lot of time. You know, I'm assuming this was your secret plan all along to derail hashtag summer season.
1: Oh, absolutely, because what yeah. I did was I, I worked behind the scenes to pull some strings and get Zach three jobs mm-hmm. to work this summer, oh, and I, then I planned several prolonged family vacations for him, which I hope mm-hmm. you appreciated, mm-hmm. Zach. Thank you. Don't yeah, forget your own exactly. prolonged family vacations. That's true. We did go out of town twice. Yes. Which is, I, I know, quite a sin for, a, for you. For a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Just a week each. Yeah. No, it's clear. I mean, you,
0: you orchestrated this. You clearly orchestrated the draft. Of uh, the MCU. Like, clearly you guys were in shenanigans together. Here's the
1: thing with a draft. Here's the thing with a draft. What's up? You're going to get upset no matter what. That's not true. If people take it seriously, you get upset. If people make a little fun with it, you get upset. Like
0: you did with
2: D&D.
1: You do not like drafts. So
0: far, I have not had the greatest of experiences with drafts.
1: Yeah. Oh, and D&D. Like, you're not a big D&D guy either. Yeah, I didn't have a great experience with that either. No. Just a list of not great experiences for you, but not today. No, today's the summer movie grab bag. And we we might mention that in addition to Zach being here, yes, who I think we've heard already, yes, we do have a studio audience. Thus explaining your line. Yeah, I thought the line was kind of self-explanatory. Well, we haven't talked about how there'd be anybody in the studio yet, because Hope is here today. Yes. Deprived of a mic, <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't really yell, I think, from off mic. I don't yeah. know. Maybe Zach is capturing all of that. I don't know. But, Just, yeah. can imagine
0: it. You know, Zach, Hello? I'm not sure. Hello? I've seen
1: that shade of red on Zach's face. Hello. Or, or hope.
3: Uh, Hello. Right.
1: So yes. uh, we have invited Hope to come. Yes. And and grab a mic if she has anything to and, say.
0: Uh, yes. If if you know she disagrees vehemently. Well, With we are the,
1: the first. The first grab out of the bag. Yes, that's probably not the best way to phrase it. Yeah, um, the first subject that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, is the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. Yes. And you maybe, know what I have? You know what I have having, for the Barbie? movie? Uh, you know, a female voice,
0: not unmiked. Right. Oh, it's it's, it's we'll have a female voice in the room, just but right. we're not going to make it's sure completely unheard. Which yeah, is really, if you think
1: about it. Now, in our defense, we have each offered hope. The opportunity to come to the microphone. Actually, I didn't. It. Okay, Patrick did not. Yeah, but <laughs> Zach did. And so did. you wanted that on record? <laughs> yeah, I just thought. Well, you know, in in the interest somebody, of accuracy, somebody needs to represent the patriarchy. Exactly, and that will be Patrick. And Ooh, I've got I've got new nickname, lots of Kettergy. Patriarchal Pat. That's <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> not do
3: Great
1: that. Great theme song. It's the patriarchy. He's, he's patriarchal. No, that and he's it, Pat. that doesn't work. He's
0: patriarchal Pat. That doesn't work. To the theme
2: of like Spider Man,
0: it's 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 patriar, it's the patriarchy, the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, that works. I, I'm glad hey, that you I, like it. Like you, I've got some you, fun facts. You, uh, Who doesn't love God. fun facts?
1: Now so, oh, I you remember go. why I did all those machinations behind the scenes yeah. not to do this. So, show fun summer. fact number one: There's no stopping it. Just like you, just like a Barbie, <laughs> just became
0: Barbie. Warner Brothers' highest ever domestic grossing film. Highest ever.
1: Domestic grossing film. Yes, right. What film did it have to surpass to achieve this distinction? So now I need to name films that Warner's have made. Yes. So they've made a bunch of DC stuff, right? They have. So you would not be the on f- the wrong track. In is that it draft. the Flash?
0: It is not the Flash.
1: Damn it! Um, they didn't do the Dark Knight stuff, did yes, they? Yes, they did. Is it the Dark Knight? It
0: is the Dark Knight. Yes.
1: I've never been this good at this this quiz before. Yes.
0: So, with Thank that, where you. does it put it on the rankings of domestic gross all-time? Who? Barbie.
1: Well, So, it's the best Warner Brothers. It's the best Warner Brothers. Might be others are be- so, Avatar probably outdid it. Titanic maybe outdid it. Am I right so far? With Avatar, I don't know about Titanic. Okay, so I'm going to say fifth. No, way too high. For Warner Brothers? Yes. You think, like, Gold Diggers of 33 must have done Big Bank. mm Twelfth? Um, you're getting closer. Fifteenth. Closer. Eighteenth? Too far. It's the worst. Sixteen.
0: Uh, uh, sixteen. It's sixteen. Yes, right behind the live-action oh, Lion King. You remake. do know
1: there's always a moment in the show where I just list yeah. numbers. Thankfully, it's only a couple films. million
0: behind that, and expect it's expected to make like seventeen to twenty million this weekend. So it'll it'll be
1: moving past. Yeah, did that. I just hear you say that Barbie has legs? I did not say that. No, sound like that's what you were. In. I uh, no. That's how that's the patriarchy what, codes that's what, its language. That's what someone who like is it's not imbued sexist. in the yes. patriarchy uh, would infer from what I said. Exactly. Nobody talks about legs like you do. Uh huh. Almost every week when we talk about a movie, you're talking about legs. Okay. Fun fact number two. <laughs> and on we go.
0: According to the numbers.com... Is this a, so you've Bar- now found another free website have. to go to. Barbie <laughs> is the highest grossing comedy in the U.S. of all time. The highest grossing comedy. Yes. Can you guess what film it surpassed to reach this mark? Highest grossing comedy. Um, is it a Will Ferrell film? No. alright You're going to have to go back a bit. To the 80s? Uh, I think
1: so. 80s or 90s. Is it a Ben Stiller film? No. Is it a uh, Adam Sandler film? No. Oh, I, I seems like it could have been. I, you've, I got, you've got the idea in
0: that it is a vehicle for a particular star. Talk about Barbie. But you're thinking you're going way too you're going way I too I don't know if Zach picked that up, but hopefully so we should actually be talking about it. You're going way Barbie. too Saturday Night Live. We are talking about Barbie. <laughs> fun in the context <laughs> yeah. of fun facts. Yeah, I don't know. Who is it? Home Alone
1: oh yes <laughs> that kind of makes sense I guess. yeah I which keep in mind
0: barbie at the time that i put this together has made 540 million in the u.s home alone which is number two yeah is 285. like barbie shattered the, the okay. record
1: all right so many dollars but then inflation is yeah that, this is, is not, not just is that an adjusted it is numbers? not adjusted
0: so fun fact number two or number three i know we're already on number three yeah, this is the last right. of the barbie ones though okay
2: implying there's more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, right. Yes. None of which are
1: actually about Barbie.
0: Barbie either, yes, let's, let's... is also the number one top film
1: based on a toy
0: worldwide.
1: Number one top film based on a toy worldwide. It has earned again.
0: one point two billion so far in the world. Toy Story. Can you guess the number two film? I just did. You are wrong.
1: Toy Story Two. Also wrong. Toy Story three. Wrong. Four? Wrong. Okay I think that's all the toy stories I've got. Yes that is, um, is there is a ex- G.I. Joe movie? There is wrong. Hmm. Good guess. I like What's, it. What what would be the toy?
2: I don't know. It's I, I don't. I was thinking like He Man, but I think it nope. was a comic first, right?
0: Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, I think it was the cartoon first. I can't yeah. remember what it was first. So I don't know. It's so obvious when you think about it. Okay, Transformers. No, it's the Lego movie. Are you oh. serious? Which again, keep in mind, oh, Barbie is number one at one point two lego number 2 is less than half of that. So four, six, Barbie has
1: done really well. Barbie
0: has done incredibly I think well.
1: It suggests we ought to talk about it.
0: Yes, that was what I was trying to lead up to.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. By You're talking just,
0: about the numbers, just setting the stage. Putting it
1: in historical You love historical context. This is historical context. No, it's not really historical it's context. Historical it's historical numerical trivia. Yeah, historical
0: context. I mean, you just replace dollars, replace dates with dollars, and it's basically history. There's a big battle in Barbie. There's your war. It's like everything you love.
2: Everything a historian
1: needs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, yeah. Dates so and wars. You could get your degree in Barbie. Dates and wars. <laughs> yeah. All right. So can I can I say I love Greta Gerwig? Yes. Just in general. Mm-hmm. I, I, you've not seen Lady Bird.
0: I have not. You I have only, I think Little, I've little o- Women, right? I think I've only seen White Noise of, of Greta Gerwig's
1: work. You didn't see Little Women? No, I did not see Little you Women. You didn't see Frances Ha? No. Okay. Wow. So anyway, that, I guess that's all we'll talk about Greta Gerwig then. <laughs> well, we could talk about her in relationship to, to Barbie. We could do that. We could do that. I mean, there has been a request
0: for us to actually talk about Barbie and not yes. say other films.
1: I'm talking about Greta Gerwig. The request was
0: to talk about Gre- Barbie.
1: Gretchen Just Gerwig. saying,
0: we're still not fulfilling what the audience. Do you know is who asking? made the film? Right? How do we I do. talk about Barbie without talking about Gerwig? Well, but Gerwig? you you wanted to talk about like Lady Bird and whatnot. No, you
1: brought up Lady Bird. That's not Barbie. I... <laughs> okay. I've never. I I didn't know what to expect from Gerwig in terms of a comedy, mm-hmm. because most of her stuff isn't as broadly comic mm-hmm. as this film was. I thought this film was actually really funny. Before mm-hmm. we get to to the other important stuff of it. Mm-hmm. It was actually funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't I, laughed out loud at a movie so much in a long time. For me, the last time I laughed as much at a movie was Aquaman, <laughs> but that was unintentional. No, no. Oh, of course. Yeah, but I still laughed
0: out loud. The last time you laughed at a movie that was intentionally trying to make you laugh. Wow.
1: I, I don't laugh a lot when I. Yeah, go I don't, the yeah. Theater. Well, I don't
0: go see a lot of comedies.
1: I, so I remember laughing out loud at, during the other guys. Okay. Oh. It's got some some moments. Not Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home Two. Mm. That would probably be the last one. Classic. The argument over the thermostat is just thermostat. It's ever it's so good, always good. It'll but it'll never go. Not out Barbie. Of style. Daddy's <laughs> home. Not Barbie. So I thought this film. Speaking of um, actors who are in the Barbie movie, mm-hmm. I, I guess I have to use Barbie in every sentence at this point. To, yeah, to, that would help. Well, in the Barbie movie, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell appears. He does, and the Barbie movie treats Will Ferrell differently mm-hmm. than Will Ferrell is typically. Presented in that he generally plays very very broad characters, mm-hmm. like, but in this film I felt she reined him in a little bit in a way that mm. actually made him even more effective. Hmm. One of my concerns about the movie is that he would be that he would sort of take totally it over Will Ferrell yeah. about it, and I'm not saying she erased Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. but in Barbie there is kind of a taming of Will Ferrell that I thought yeah. made him even kind of funnier in a way. Okay. Um, nothing
0: on that. I just find it interesting the first thing you want to talk about in the Barbie movie is Will Ferrell.
1: Well, I want to talk about Greta. I want to talk about Greta Gerwig, a real world woman. Well, there but you go. You s- talking, talking no, about you her. took that right off the table. You well, said no, you that were bringing wasn't up all of her other the other movie, movies. You right? can talk about her so, in the context of this movie. I actually wanted to talk about a real woman. Okay. Yeah. So um, I guess I shouldn't talk about Ryan Gosling then. Uh, How did you feel about um, Barbie's performance?
0: What do you mean Barbie's performance? You mean all of them yeah, or Margot yeah. Robbie in particular? you well, we could start there. Oh, I thought they were all I thought they were
1: all great. I don't, I, I don't know what you're I <laughs> there, feel like you're setting me up for something. Some, no, there. there's some substance. I just, you wanted to talk about Barbie the and movie, women. Yes. So i trying to give you something. Well, it's not me that wanted to talk about it. It was Hope that wanted us to talk about so it. So you don't want to talk oh, about no, I do want women to talk or about Barbie? It. No, I do want to talk about it. <laughs> your position is literally changing
2: i will say my mom did say when she watched the movie yes she played with a lot of the barbies when she was younger and everything and she said of how accurate all of the outfits were to real yeah they things that came out she said it was such a nostalgia hit for yeah they did they they, like they did a really good job with that
1: and the way they they emphasize sort of the selling of barbie and the mm -hmm. way outfits are kind of like thrown out and then they like they pause in midair, you know, and mm-hmm. like it, it, it just, it was really well done. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the movie's politics and activism. Okay. How'd you feel about it? Um,
0: oh, how do I want to say this? <laughs> Within <laughs> what it is doing, it is excellent. Okay.
1: What is it doing? Well, I... If I, I, and what if, is it if I do that it's have if
0: I do have one critique of the film? <laughs> Why do you
1: put one critique in quotes? <laughs> one in <critique>. air quotes? <laughs> yeah, you seem you seem very uncomfortable but, to criticize Barbie.
0: No, I do. Well, I do. I do have, no, a, I, 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 I I have I, a critique I, that, in the yeah, sense that, um, <laughs> in terms of the film's feminism, yes. I think the film's feminism is very much based in a sort of white heterosexual feminism it's not particularly intersectional now it's not necessarily trying to be right but i think it does a lot of important work within what it's doing but i think we 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 do need to make clear uh, for me there are ways in which that it's not as intersectional or as inclusive as it maybe could have been
1: and thus maybe not as radical yeah as it might have been but it was interesting i was i i listened to the film spotting podcast mm-hmm. and it's two white guys who were middle aged talking mm-hmm. about films. Well, they've got no hope of success. No. They have a huge... <laughs> they're actually doing quite well. Oh, okay. I think they would kind of look down upon us. Well, and, we wouldn't. But as they they talked about, in particular, there's the the real world mom's speech mm-hmm. in the middle of the film about what it is to be a woman. Yes. And they're both, I would say, fairly progressive in mm-hmm. the way they, they present themselves and talk about film. And they, their complaint sort of back and forth was... There was nothing in that speech that was radical. There was nothing in that mm-hmm. speech that I haven't heard before. And it got mm-hmm. me thinking about radicalism in film.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I I don't completely disagree with that. Much of mm-hmm. what I had heard, like I had heard women say to me mm-hmm. before. Never in one two-minute monologue. Mm-hmm. But over the course of my life, I've heard all of those things articulated to me about mm-hmm. what it means to be a woman and the contradictions and the complications mm-hmm. and the unfairness thereof. But I think for a lot of people going to see the movie, mm-hmm. and it's made a ton of money, so oh, yes. a lot of people have gone to see the movie, mm-hmm. including some conservatives, not all of whom have stormed out yeah. after the first five minutes, apparently. I think there was stuff in that speech that people are not aware of, that we might say it's not radical enough, mm-hmm. especially from an academic perspective, where mm-hmm. where maybe we've thought through these issues more than other people have. Mm-hmm. But I thought... My guess is a lot of people that went to that movie were surprised, at least in part, mm-hmm. by parts of those monologues. And I think—I I, I know I'm not supposed to talk about Greta Gerwig, mm-hmm. but I find it very interesting that she chose to take on Barbie, which is clearly a huge challenge. It's a movie that's supposedly going to take on the patriarchy mm-hmm. and capitalism through the vehicle of a Mattel-owned doll— mm-hmm. That kind of embodies patriarchy and capitalism. And mm-hmm. so there is, I think, and, and this is one of the reasons I, I think I admire the film maybe more than some people do, mm-hmm. that she she took on a really, really difficult task. Mm-hmm. Like, like threading that needle in a way that's going to please radical feminists, mm-hmm. you know, middle-of-the-road feminists and people who don't consider themselves feminists, right? Making a movie that kind of can speak to those different kind of constituencies in a capitalist economy. I just think it was a it was a it was a courageous kind of thing for her mm-hmm. to take on.
0: Well I mean I you know, in part for me the film's feminism is kind of already limited by the fact it's the it's a Barbie film. There's only so much you can do with Barbie because of what you just said. The right. way in which that that she's historically sort right. of and I think Girl you know framed knew that. in like terms she had of, of that, both right? capitalism and feminism. Yeah I think the issue for me is more in terms of not so much that that the um, the feminism isn't radical enough, but in yeah. terms of how the film defines woman, it defines woman, and I think this is this is fair to say about America Ferrera speech. Yeah, it defines woman in ways that's very consistent with a white heterosexual feminism, and even though we do have Issa Rae as President Barbie, right. We do have Alexandra Shipp as I think it's Writer Barbie. Um, we have the Dr. Barbie that's a, a transgender uh, actor um, there isn't really anything that speaks to the experiences of black
1: and transgender women right. I, as
0: I, unique or different Like, I, so I, I, you feel
1: as if some of those other Barbies are a little bit tokenistic yeah I mean I, I, that, like, I, there's I kind this, of felt this kind of quick inclusion that's meant to kind of Suggest maybe a broader message than mm-hmm. the film actually delivers. Yeah, I mean, in the speech. It,
0: it, yeah, I think that I, for me, and and I would throw America Ferreira in there as well. Um, you know mm-hmm. that there, it kind of reminded me as I as I was putting together my notes. The first thing that popped into my mind was kind of Superfriends, in that you have yeah. a lot of kind of of representation, um, but on somewhat of a
1: fairly superficial level. Right. So, but the mud. It's not that the mother's monologue doesn't speak to all women in some ways, mm-hmm. but it's that it doesn't speak specifically to unique experience, unique intersectional experiences. I think there's a critique that can be made of the
0: film that the film, how do I want to say it? it I mean, that when it speaks to all women its notion of women is somewhat limited. Yeah. To, to... I mean, this, this this is the issue with, with you know, sort of second wave feminism in general, was, you know, the critique, the third wave feminism made that, that you know, uh, non-white and, you know, uh, third world, you know, international women sort of made the point of, mm-hmm. your definition of women right. does not really include us. I think Barbie kind of falls into a little bit of that second wave feminism and in terms of, you, of of it's very much based now not to say that it's not doing important work in that right. but i think we need to recognize that there are you know when we when we celebrate what barbie is doing in terms of women right it's doing it for a certain definition of women that doesn't include
1: right necessarily think, everyone's experience and i think that's i think that's a fair critique it's making the film that speaks to everyone like you almost need a sequel. It would be great to see a, a third wave. Yeah. I mean I, I, yeah. I mean I don't uh, not that I, I want I, a sequel. Like I don't we don't need sequels. And part of it too is speaking. is
0: there's only so much you're going to be able to do as you kind of said when Barbie is the focus. That I think some of this is is just the nature of Barbie herself.
1: Well, and it's it's grounded in a capitalism mm-hmm. that is always trying to commodify yeah. feminism. Yeah. or the civil rights movement mm-hmm. or black lives matter or any kind yeah. of activism right one yeah. of the real challenges of activism in a capitalist system is how do you keep it mm-hmm. from being co-opted yeah. by the system yeah and and you know there are ways in which that i'm
0: sure America Ferrera's speech and the monologues speak to the experiences of a great deal of women, Right. but there are also experiences of women that are left out, out of. of that speech. Yeah, and that's what way. I was trying it's kind to kind of the point that I articulate. made is that yeah, yeah, yeah. and then not to, you know because I think what the, I think what the film does in what it can do right is excellent, and clearly the way the film has resonated is is you know speaking to any number of yeah. audiences, but I think there are ways in which that that there, there's moments where I was like I could have seen the film.
1: Perhaps doing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Can I say two things I liked about it in addition to that? Sure. That that kind of spin off of maybe what you're saying. One is I think the way that it explored mothers and daughters mm-hmm. was really worth doing. And I think Hope and, and Vicky, when they went to see the movie, found the movie like very meaningful mm-hmm. in that kind of, you know, daughters growing up mm-hmm. kind of way. Um, the second thing that I found really interesting about the movie, which is not about feminism, so mm-hmm. if you want to talk more about feminism, no, I get, yeah. we can, but what I, what I found really interesting was the way in which the movie wrestles with the meaning of popular culture, mm. sort of writ large. I think in many ways, Gerwig is wrestling with what we wrestle with in our book. And I don't know if if listeners are aware, but we did co-write a book called All New, All Different, A History of Race and the American Superhero. University of Texas Press, available to fine booksellers everywhere. Even Mm -hmm. Amazon.com, which is a less fine bookseller, but still available. Mm -hmm. Uh, But please go directly to the University Mm -hmm. of Texas website to order the book. Uh, But we we spent a lot of time in that book wrestling with how powerful pop culture is Mm -hmm. and how much is it just recycling predominant ideas? How much is it mm-hmm. kind of reflecting? How much is it shaping behavior? And I thought the the Barbie movie kind of wrestled with that as well. Like the idea that um, you can create a work of popular culture, but mm-hmm. you can't control what consumers do with it, mm-hmm. the meaning they make from it. Yeah. That you get weird Barbies. Mm-hmm. That you get, you get all of these sort of quote unquote misuses mm-hmm. of the pop culture. And in that way, when you look at Barbie ads across time, I think it's really easy to look at them historically and just see sexism mm-hmm. and not spend the time trying to figure out how kids were actually playing with them, right? Because those are not necessarily the same thing, right? right? The message and the execution mm-hmm. can be very, very different. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought in that way, if I were going to talk about what really interested me in the movie beyond sort of where we're at in terms mm-hmm. of our societal discussion about feminism, the way in which Gerwig is kind of wrestling with the power of pop culture mm-hmm. in our lives and what it does and how we kind of have, th- th- we're not just victims of it, mm-hmm. that we have our own agency and the, sh- the, the way we, sh- mm. we can shape the way we use it. I thought was a really interesting kind of idea yeah. to wrestle with.
0: Yeah. Well, in terms of, of, I think some of that comes through like the, the kind of connection that America Ferreira has with the the stereotypical Barbie, uh, which I right. believe is is Margot Robbie's actual character name, um, yes, you kind of see the way that 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 you know her experiences start to shape Barbie's experiences, right,
1: right. And I think that's a, it's a I I I doubt people think about that very mm-hmm. much because it's complicated. And yeah. Americans don't like complicated.
0: Yeah, well, and, and at the same time, the other the other thing that 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 you know, I think Gerwig in in writing the script does very well is there's that moment at the end where I think it's America Ferrera who suggests making the ordinary Barbie, right, uh, or, or something like that. Yeah, um, and and uh, Will Ferrell's character. Is like that's a terrible idea that won't work, and then like the little drone behind him was like, oh, we could sell a lot of yeah, those. Like, started, like it. Yeah, until they
1: start like doing the the marketing. Yeah. yeah, which
0: which again kind of makes that 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 further critique of kind of capitalism, kind of as you said, kind of commodifying.
1: Yeah. Is is there an ordinary Barbie? Like, are they actually selling one? I don't know. I asked, but I never actually looked it up to see if they were. Yeah. No. Actually trying to market it out of the movie.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't seen. I was kind of surprised. Like I mentioned the other day, I was looking for the Alan Funko Pop. Yeah. Um, but they're not actually, there actually isn't one. And there really weren't a ton of Funko Pops that came up in my search for Barbie, which seems surprising because yeah. it seems like a very Funko Poppable. Yeah.
1: Fun- Proper. popable. Yeah. 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 Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about Alan just real briefly oh, because I have, Alan. I have a little skin invested in this game. Well,
0: number one, it's the first Alan I think I've ever seen in a movie that spells his name exactly like yours. It's 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 it's, 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 it's well very Alan. weird. Now yeah.
1: I will admit, I first found out that Alan was in the movie mm-hmm. when you sent me a tweet that had a picture of Michael Sarah mm-hmm. as Alan, that's and I of, I have to admit, I kind of went I into out. I kind of went into the movie thinking more Alan slander. Like, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like heroic Allens. No, kind of marauding across mm-hmm. popular culture. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of Alans, Period. Period. But. But they're, they, they're, never the they're, the never yeah, they're they're never the hero, They're never dynamic. They're never the romantic lead.
0: Yeah, and which is important to note, Michael Sarahs Allen is none of those things either. It,
1: but he is something. <laughs> he is something that that matters. I I think he is starting to reclaim Allen. Mm-hmm. is the argument I want to make. Okay, that there is something in him. He's unique. There's only one. There is one. Yes. Right. There's only There are one. No, there are no multiples of Allen. That's right. There is just Allen. Would you rather have one Allen or all those Kens? Hmm. Which Ken are we talking about? No, you gotta take all the Kens. I don't know that I can deal I with take all the Kens. All that's the that's a lot of Kens. I'm taking Alan. That's a lot of world. You get all the Kens or you get Alan. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a lot of Kennergy to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's more than enough Kennergy.
1: <sighs> Just playing on the puns from the film. No, I, I got it. Just saying. I, I I did. Um, So I thought there was a, like a step towards reclaiming. Mm hmm. Allen's. We didn't talk about Ryan Gosling. No, we haven't talked about that. Any one. thoughts on his performance? I,
0: he, w- he also uh, was excellent in the role. I was a little dubious of him in the role. I was too. Um, but I thought he was, he was an excellent Ken. Um, particularly in the musical numbers. And in the past, I have been critical of of Ryan Gosling and the musical numbers, right. but but huh? the the oh, that's I'm right Ken, you don't like Ryan Gosling the, musicals. The I'm just you? Ken song you hated La La Land and then the the singing Matchbox tw- Matchbox twenties push at Barbies. Yeah, no that was that was it was so
1: that was so good. That, that, that Talk was... about authentic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hope is literally shivering in the corner. Yeah, that it. was there was there's she's it, had that happen to her more in than terms once. of the moments that
0: the 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 moments that I laughed at really came in kind of one after the other kind of late in the film. Um, because obviously the Zack Snyder Justice League line that uh, Alexander ships, yeah, um, character delivers like
1: that. That I think that was the one where I was like laughed out loud the loudest because well, you know, for it was me, so good. It's so random too. Too much of it was spoiled, I think, by the trailer. But the whole mm. montage of Ken coming to the real world for the first time mm-hmm. and how number one how quickly he absorbs the patriarchy. Yes, it, it's like oh yeah, it's like oh yeah. Your kid is fine, and then you send the boy to kindergarten, mm-hmm. and within six months, it's like, what happened to my to, to this kid, yeah. right? So, being a doctor, all the mm-hmm. kinds, oh, of, the doctor, like, yeah, the doctor, it's, it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's there's
0: lots of moments that 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 yeah, and well, and, and I the other thing that I another thing that I liked about the film and kind of uh, the contrast between Barbie and Ken is yes. that you know, the moment that Ken sort of realizes the idea of patriarchy, his first instinct is to go back to Barbie world and institute it and, and make right. things unequal. Yes. When Barbie sort of comes to the realization of matriarchy, um, her first instinct is to try to make things more equal. Like, she, she right. talks about getting back to, to that balance, which that was right. another nice touch of the film. Right. Um. That... that you know, in terms of... Because, of, you know, the, the the critique of matriarchy is perhaps not there as much as the critique of patriarchy. For sure. But it is there. Yeah. Uh, but I also like kind of the, the contrast between sort of how... The film, the contrast the film made between sort of how women react to the idea of matriarchy and how, how men react to it. I also love, as I've, I've told you before, that the big, huge musical number battle of the Kens. Yes. I think it was about two-thirds of the way through that yeah. where I realize. They're totally not going to make their vote because they're doing this pig montage. It's like so I'm like, this is such a complete waste of time. And
1: I, that was another moment. I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yes, 100 percent. That that battle on the beach is yeah, is a battle for the ages. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. and and it's a battle for the ages that is com- a complete waste of time. Right. within the narrative of the film, like this
1: is fantastic. It, it's worse than a waste of time. It's it actually yeah, it's actually counterproductive, yeah, to, yeah, to what, what they, they want to do. Yeah, what they want to achieve. So. Yeah. I assume you have a sign hanging over your front door now that says... Mojo Dojo Casa House? Yeah. I do not. Okay. Yep. One night after you go to bed, I think I might sneak over there and hang a, like a big banner. Yeah. That'd be a pretty good sign. Li- I do
0: like to say Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yes. The idea of the Mojo
1: Dojo Casa House and what it represents in the film is problematic. I wonder if a lot of listeners imagine that you do kind of have a Mojo Dojo Casa House. It's just full... It's like a Lego version thereof. It's a, it, it's a Lego Mojo
0: Dojo Casa House. There you go. <laughs> Actually, it's a Lego Mojo Dojo Leia Casa house. Oh. Got to get the dog in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is... I mean, I feel like the house between me and Leia is kind of a microcosm between Barbie and Ken. And that I do very could much... Could you play that out a little I bit? I do very much feel exist- like This I feel
1: like this is like going to the psychologist I do right very, now. Like, I think
0: I do exist in a matriarchy.
1: Okay, okay. I'm your, <laughs> I, I'm your <laughs> therapist which, now. Which so could, has- you, could, you, could you explain... Explain a little bit further it's how fun. you think you live in a matriarchy. I have really thought
0: about it. I just made a joke.
1: <laughs> it was a
0: joke about how much Leia sort of controls my life. Yes. Which people point out on a fairly regular basis. That is
1: true. I, I think I'm going to let it go because <laughs> pursuing it further. Yeah. The idea that a dog being in charge... Is a kind of matriarchy. I think is something we probably don't want to wrestle with too much on this show. We're gonna
2: close the door on, yeah. on
1: that yeah. one. Yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll just. Do you have anything else? I, I re, Oh, hope.
3: Buzzfeed quiz. Talk about your
1: results. Oh, so did you do the Buzzfeed quiz? Oh no, I didn't. So I did because Hope is is regularly requiring me to do these kinds of things, mm. and I came out stereotypical Barbie. Did you? Oh, I did. <laughs> I did. I don't know if I have see. the description of stereotypical Barbie. Is it, is we
2: can it, take a hot minute and do that right now see. as we talk. All
1: right, so is as you the, guys is do is that it
0: the, is it the which Barbie movie character am I quiz? And you got to go to the it was Buzz Buzzfeed, feed, right? Yeah. Yeah, it says pick nothing but pink things to find out which Barbie movie Barbie you are. All right, where is it me picking a pink house? I don't know. It's Except fuzzy. One. Now, it, oh, sorry. That's it's, got, okay. it's got me picking
1: a pink house. It's Buzzfeed. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the Buzzfeed one. Uh, maybe one of maybe you will get. Right one. Here we go. I don't know. It just says. Can you scroll
3: up? That's not it.
0: Oh, it's not. It's no. Buzzfeed. Uh, is,
3: it maybe the... it? is it this one? Yes, it's this one.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, this is the one the the cast did. Okay. Yes. I right.
3: just need all the listeners to know that I got Alan okay, and it was the best day of my life okay
0: well it oh what's was a initially the I worst day of your in life a friend? but the more you thought
1: yeah. about it, the mm, more you realized okay.
3: okay I was concerned do I just second? keep okay <laughs> Not because you got Barbie pick and I was like color. how are you Barbie and I'm, <laughs> and I, like, Barbie? And I'm <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: find yeah, I can't find the picture of the Barbie description
0: uh ooh okay okay well
1: that's an easy one, which I have somewhere so anyway, I'm sure Zach can just. Oh, and I gotta pick a movie looking.
0: to watch with. Oh boy, those are my options, huh? Okay. You gotta pick what you gotta pick, I'll my friend. Go with that. And oh, okay. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Let's not see. Not that. Not um.
1: When did we do it? Hope, do you know? I'm trying to Bye. find. It. Guys, I got Alan. <gasps> oh, yes. and yet you and Hope seem so diametrically opposed mm, on so many things. Boy, I'm not sure. I got Alan. I don't one. think I know any of those. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Okay. Uh, Just two Allens making their I way to the altar. Oh my goodness. Right, let's see. Ba-da-bum-bum. Oh jeez. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, I, I love Alan.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, we'll go with that. We'll go. What with a guy. Yeah, what, I, I
1: don't. Okay, wait. There's you a picture of us going to see the movie.
2: That's what my mom kept saying though when she saw the movie. She was like, it, she Ooh. she said she laughed so hard oh, see, every time Allen came This is upsetting. Alan it says finally choose
0: screen. something yeah. from Barbie and the Mojo Dojo Casa House is not an option. <laughs>
2: Because nobody would pick that oh man there is there's at least one who would
1: yes it turns out yeah that's that's they I'm found, found sure. the demographic i'll go right. i'll go with, yeah. I'll go with yeah. that i guess all right what do you got patrick i don't know I'm, i have got to move on all right, where's t- when do i oh, get my results
3: here we go scroll up you're going too far down going
1: too far
2: Technology I is hard. Wait a But as was he's was figuring this out, my mom one. loved Alan Look because again. he was like the entire time okay. he was kind oh, of on Barbie's earlier. side. Yeah. And oh, no I mean, no really one listened done. to him. Right. Ever. Every yeah. time did he spoke up, he was like hi he was like, No.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm Barbie. And that is very much I'll your personality you matches Barbie. That's what just I got. Just regular, like I'm the regular Barbie? Yeah, supported? just a regular Barbie. Well, it's not even stereotypical Barbie. It's just Barbie. Just right? Barbie. says that I'm kind, supportive, and beautiful inside and out. Yep, that's what mine says. And I see the good, I'm optimistic side of things. That's me to a T. Okay, I... Now I'm starting to question. You brighten every single room you
1: walk into? That's so me. And people absolutely adore you. Yep, no, you
2: you brighten every Mojo Dojo Casa You're house sorry. you <laughs> walk yes. into.
1: Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, had you been able to pick the Mojo Dojo Casa house, I think you would have ended up in a very different Possibly, category. You would have gotten yeah. Ken. I mean, I did pick Ken War, so I thought that would end up
0: me with yeah. Ken,
1: but well, I, just I, thought I got that got was
2: fu- I picked that one, too. I just thought it was funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so... I mean, I hate to say it, but we are 40, 35 minutes oh, geez. in, and we are only on Barbie, and we've okay. got a much bigger bag to grab. I do have a fair foul for
0: Barbie to wrap things up.
1: Oh, okay. I don't have any fair fouls, but I do. So this other is films.
0: this is the actor Randall Park uh, talking in Rolling Stone. Okay. Oh. Quote: Barbie is this massive blockbuster, and the idea is make more movies about toys. No, make more movies by and about women.
1: It seems fair to me. That seems fair to me. I think if we had more ma- movies made by and about mm-hmm. women, probably better. Yep. If we talked about Past Lives? No. Also directed by a woman. The best film I've seen in a yeah, long time. yeah, I, I, really I, I missed it by a day yeah. in the Cinemark. So I've got to like, wait until it comes on stream. For a movie like that, yeah. like, it, you either catch it three days into Cinemark or you don't catch yeah. it in Cinemark.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: So we should talk about the other half of the Barbie Heimer phenomenon. <laughs> Barbenheimer
1: Is that what it's called? Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer is yes. what it's called. That's right. Yes. Barbenheimer. 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 Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the other big smash this summer obviously yes. was Oppenheimer. Yes. They opened the same day. Speaking of which, yeah. I have fun facts. Oh. For, oh. About Oppenheimer. Is so, it a fun fact like this? Zach took his mom to see it on vacation? No. And she thought it was a Transformers No, my
2: movie. mom. My, so my mom recommended it. She's like, okay, so we can go see the Barbie movie or the Oppenheimer movie. And we were all like, "All right, we kind of want to see Oppenheimer first, okay? Because that's just the way our family rolls and everything." Mm-hmm. So my, my dad was like, "Eh, Barbie, or are watching things blow up." <laughs> so my so then we got there, and my mom thought it was a Transformers movie or a Marvel movie. Don't even so. That. Out loud in the theater, she just went,
0: what the hell is this? (laughs) And
2: and we all had to turn and shush her. How
0: far into the movie did she say, what what the hell is this?
2: 45 minutes in. Okay.
1: So she thought it was like a really artistic (laughs) transform. Yeah, she
2: was just like, what is happening? And when she got out, she was like, I don't understand a thing. And just like walked to the car.
1: (laughs) Well, if you're not kind of prepared for what it is, and then it's made the way Christopher Nolan made it, Mm -hmm. it could be... If it takes forty-five, if you are forty-five minutes in before you are like, "Oh, this is not what I thought it was," yeah, yeah. it's a heavy lift. Cool. All right, fun facts.
0: All right, so Oppenheimer just broke what some might consider a rather dubious record.
1: Here we go. Oh, it's it is now about money and it rankings, is now isn't the
0: highest-grossing domestic film to burn? never reach oh. number one at the box office during its run. Because wow. obviously, Barbie's Cause, been cause there.
1: because Barbie was dominant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's the highest
0: highest grossing domestic film to okay. never be number 1 previous record holder yes was sing in 2016 oh wow which was kept out of the number 1 spot by two films rogue one and hidden figures oh
1: rogue one is a great movie fantastic hidden movie hidden figures was it was okay
0: yeah now here's the here's the actual question for you um so barbie is, as i mentioned barbie has prevented nolan's oppenheimer From occupying the number one spot. (laughs) That has been mentioned. Uh, Barbie is currently the number three film in total opening weekend gross. What other two Nolan films did Barbie beat to reach that mark?
1: Well, The Dark Knight. Correct. Dark Knight Rises. Correct. They are now now four and five.
2: Back to back. Back
1: to back, yeah. Well, it makes sense that those would be the most popular.
0: Yeah. Surprisingly, Dark Knight Rises is actually higher than The Dark Knight.
3: Doesn't
1: totally surprise me. Mm. The Dark Knight was such a smash. I think that mm. people thought it was going to be yeah, yeah even better. So, Spoiled, alert. But yeah. it almost never is. Yeah, that's the end of my fun facts. By the way, for the whole day, for the whole day, yes. Oh, We've exhausted. We've the fun The, facts. the, the, the relief. The, did, the room.
2: The air just got lighter. Right. Light. The,
1: the studio <laughs> audience looks reinvigorated.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> doesn't matter. I still love the fun so, facts. So. I don't know where if you have a place you want to start. Um, I have a very specific place I want to talk about. Okay, if you have yeah, I don't, I, don't. I want to talk about the pep rally. That kind of comes in the middle of the film. Oh, the that's scene.
0: that's the one with like the where he's like hallucinating, and like everyone's like stomping on the ground and yeah. whatnot. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: After the bomb. After the bomb. After right. The bomb, so like yeah. the bomb is dropped, and all the people living in Los Alamos get together mm-hmm. in this like. Mm-hmm. This little building that's totally made to look like a high school gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's literally got, like, the basketball board and hoop. It's got the bleachers. The people stomping their feet is very much like something you would see. They all look like they're dressed from, like, Riverdale. Right, exactly. Like early Archie Comics. So it's entirely evocative of a 50s pep rally, Mm -hmm. which in many ways is, I think, evocative in the American imagination of this innocence that we've lost. Mm -hmm. Fair. That the fifties is evocative, right? The fifties kind of represent this innocence, and the pep rally is is kind of about that youthful innocence. Yeah, Yeah, and it's old. I mean, again,
0: when people say we need to, you know, make America something again, yeah, the the something is always sort of nineteen fifties. Right, that's that's that era. Greatness was the
1: fifties, and it kind of then blends that idea of innocence with the idea that we turn everything in in um, politics and international relations into sport. Mm. Nowadays, like we don't think about like the geopolitical realities, mm-hmm. we think about it as like rah rah nationalism. Mm. I've told you, have I told you the story about the only concert I ever left? I ever walked out of? I think you have. So, I went to see ACDC. Yeah, when I was um, in college. I'm not proud. Mm-hmm. Let me tell the story real quickly. I went to the concert during the first Gulf War. Okay, so we were at war with Iraq. Mm-hmm. And I drove down to Cincinnati from Bowling Green with my friend because his family lived there. And we would go down for a weekend every once in a while. So we go to Cincinnati, which is a fairly conservative town. And people are selling merch outside the concert. Mm -hmm. But it's not ACDC merch. Right. It's war merch. Yeah. The the one I remember is a baseball hat that said Mm F-U-Q, Iraq, because the Q sounds like a K. And it's like super clever, right, to say F-U-Q. Yeah. So... They're selling this kind of stuff and I, I went because King's X was opening. Ah, okay. Nobody cared for King's X, which <laughs> ah. was a real bummer. ACDC comes on stage. I don't know how much you know about them, but the lead guitarist Angus Young is considered this guitar guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so in the middle of any heavy metal concert, everybody leaves the stage except for the guitarist, and he does like a shredding guitar solo, like where he plays guitar with like his shoelaces or like some <laughs> some dumb thing. And Angus Young was most famous for, in the middle of his guitar solos, turning around. He'd always wear a schoolboy uniform, Mm -hmm. like a velour jacket and shorts. And he was famous for always turning around and mooning the audience. He would, like, turn around, bend over, and drop his shorts. So I'm at at this arena in Cincinnati, probably 18,000 people. This is the short version of the story, right? Yeah. Oh, when I tell it to students, it runs much longer. Okay. They're all 18 to 30 years old. They're all white dudes. And he's playing his guitar solo. And you can feel the enthusiasm in the audience building because he's about to turn turn around and moon us. So he turns around and he bends over and he drops his shorts, but there's a twist this time. He's wearing boxer shorts Mm -hmm. upon which is printed a picture of the American flag. Mm. And I swear to God, slowly and quietly at first, the chant starts, but it gets louder and louder. Mm. USA. 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 So, now, Zach, I want to be very clear is about where I'm at. You, that's the point you at which you walked out. I walked out. Yes, we are chanting USA because mm-hmm. a drug-addled Australian is wearing our American flag on his sweaty ass, mm-hmm. right? And this is a moment of patriotic celebration. Mm-hmm. I think the pep rally scene captures that kind of unthinking Mm. patriotism. Oh, yeah. We made a bomb, we dropped the bomb, and it's good. Mm -hmm. And I love that this is, and then I'll let you talk, I promise, this is a real turning point, I think, for Oppenheimer and the way he thinks about the bomb. Mm. Like, to this point, the bomb has, for Oppenheimer, been largely kind of an intellectual exercise. Yes. It's been about theory. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's a big difference between the theory of the bomb and the practice of the bomb. Mm -hmm. And And this is where... I think he sees it like this. He's got this scientist's assurance mm-hmm. in the first part of the film that totally gets punctured here. Mm-hmm. And it gets punctured in particular because we see the white woman sitting in the audience caught in a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. Like she has this really delicate skin and it starts to kind of flay off of her body. And this is kind of the, the turning point for him. And I think it matters, although you might disagree, that it's a turning point for him because he sees what the bomb would do to white folks, mm. that he's imagining what it means for white people, for what mm-hmm. it means for Americans, right? In his imagination, because he spent very little time really thinking about what it means for Germans or Japanese people mm-hmm. to this point in the film. And so to me, it's a moment in the film that captures so much that's true about American hubris mm-hmm. and American exceptionalism mm-hmm. and maybe even a little American racism mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in that moment. And I think it, it, cause one of the things that I've seen as critiques of the film, there have been people sort of saying, you know, there's no representation of the actual bombs being dropped on right. Hiroshima and yep. Nagasaki, that there's no representation of that. And, and, um, you know, by and large, I think that the general defense of that from Nolan and, and and Murphy as well have been the film is sort of told from Oppenheimer's perspective, right? And you know, Oppenheimer for w- whether we want to chalk it up to, can I, can I agree that the, the one of the things that kind of jumps out at me with Oppenheimer is the theory versus practice thing that mm-hmm. that, and it's one of the things that that I don't. I don't know that the film ever redeems him from. Right. Um, Because the moment that stood out to me in that regard was when he was talking to Lawrence and was annoyed about being left out of the secret project. And Lawrence says, well, it's because of your work with the Union guys. And without missing a beat, Oppenheimer's like, well, then I'm done with them. Uh, Like like his willingness to pursue everything – in relation to the bomb, in relation to theory, because and ignoring practical consequences is 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 kind of the the
1: through line of his character. Because the curiosity, it like it's 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 hella fun to build a bomb. Yes. Once you realize it's actually going to be used, yeah, which, it's a little he, bit which less fun. which he realizes too late. Right? Right. And I think the the other there's a great scene with Groves where yeah. they're carting the bombs off, and he's like well, should I come to D.C.? Like, how do you want me involved? And he's like, we're done. Dude. Yeah, we're done. Like, yeah. like, you're going to find out when Truman gets on the radio yeah. and makes an announcement.
0: Well, and I think the other thing, because you talked about sort of the racism in that moment, because I think it, I, I agree with you in terms of it's important for him to see the effect on a white woman. Because I think the other thing, because a lot of people have also said, you know, the film ignores... The indigenous people that were on right. the test side of the bomb, I'm like, yeah, because Oppenheimer ignores them. Right. Like, I think that's because well, they no, get mentioned. They get the, the one when, moment when right. when people when I, he's in the meeting after the bomb, and they're like, well, what should we do with the land? And I'm like, oh, we give it back to the indigenous people. I'm like, that's not as good as you think it is, Oppie. Right. Um, <laughs> and so the fact that I think the fact that it takes now, him yeah. seeing the white woman also speaks to kind of his blinders in terms of, of race as well. Absolutely. Because there's also, he does in that pep rally step on a blackened corpse, which presumably would be of a Japanese person. Right. But that's not what really gets to him. It's the white woman. Right. And so I think that there's there's things that the film did there that, that you know, I, I understand the critique of the film. Right. But I think a lot of it has to do with the perspective and and particularly this is not a film that for me in any way redeems oppenheimer one of the things that i really like about the film yeah. is the way in which the film like they they're, they're, where he dumps the union guys yeah the moment where he and his wife just dump their kid off with right. the friends and the, and the yeah. film does nothing to redeem them as parents like right. we don't get the yeah. oppenheimer agonizing
1: over it i really i really appreciate how Ambiguous and unresolved. Yes, the issues are in this film. It's. Yeah, it, Hope and I have gone back and watched a lot of Nolan stuff, mm-hmm. which I I have to admit I watched the Dark Knight stuff. Yeah, and I was kind of like, that's enough. There's better that's Nolan enough. Out there. Right, right. That's enough.
0: I no, I, I really I generally speaking, Nolan is is of contemporary directors. He's yeah. probably my favorite. Like I, I really like he, a he lot. Is, like Memento is one of my favorite films. He is. I he, love Memento. He,
1: Hope and I watched Inception together. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you can make me watch Matthew McConaughey and not make me, like, make me forget yeah. that it's, oh, Interstellar. Yeah, sorry. I say, wait, sorry. I say McConaughey's they, We in watched history. Interstellar too, like, to, but to watch McConaughey yeah. and not, like, not be focusing the whole time on, like, what the hell is Matt McConaughey doing mm-hmm. in this movie? No, he's, I think he's really good. I, yeah. My working theory now, because you know I have complaints about something of a lack of nuance in some of the Dark Knight stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel as if Nolan is kind of trapped by the genre there that the superhero genre limits him in ways Possibly, that some of yeah. the other stuff that he but i you know i I've, I've been thinking a lot about the race because obviously i i study japanese american mm-hmm. history i study american foreign policy history right. this was kind of a film that mm-hmm. that fell within a lot of my my wheelhouses i think had christopher nolan Number one, including Japanese stories mm-hmm. would have made this a four and a half hour. Yeah, period.
0: I don't I don't know how you... But, but I don't know how you but, do it within the context of the film as well, being built around Oppenheimers. Right, right.
1: And because it's built the way it's built, if he had included Japanese characters, he would be including them just to be incinerated. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if that would open you up to just as much criticism. Yeah. And so I, I feel as if... I actually feel like they handled it fairly well. Mm-hmm. They at least force Oppie to sit through that slideshow mm-hmm. about the devastation of the bomb. Yeah. And and that, I think, is Christopher Nolan trying to, to confront what the movie's not confronting, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But the, the worst kind of book review to read is the book review by a scholar who's like, this is not the book I would have written. Yeah. Right? And I think... That kind of criticism also really makes for bad film mm-hmm. criticism. Like, it's not the film I would have made. Yeah. I guess we can talk about the merits of the choices, mm-hmm. but Christopher Nolan made to, chose to make yeah. a very particular film told from the perspective of mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, and I think he should be allowed to do that. Yeah, well, and I think also in terms of, you know, it's a different critique
0: than, you know— what what some of the criticisms have made about not representing Japanese uh, in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, not really representing indigenous people. Right. But the film is still making a critique of Oppenheimer and For his sure. complete ignorance, blindness, whatever you want to refer yeah. to it, his racism uh, that caused him just completely but, ignore the cost to people different from him. Because and like, I think that's a completely fair critique to make in this film.
1: Yeah. No, because what people know coming into the film... hmm probably the only thing they know is that we dropped two atomic bombs mm-hmm. and they killed several hundred thousand mm-hmm. Japanese people like that's the one thing we know mm-hmm. they, what what Oppenheimer is exploring is everything that we don't know that leads to mm-hmm. it and I think in really morally complicated ways mm-hmm. which strikes me as an authentic way to think about the world mm-hmm.
0: yeah no I I, I I think there are there's uh, I like a lot of what the, you know the, the one sort of minor critique or the yes. one part of the film that doesn't make sense to me yeah is the whole idea that's built around Oppenheimer's perspective. Yeah. And we obviously see his affair with Florence Pugh's character. Right. But it doesn't make sense to me that we never saw the affair with his friend's wife, if it's from his perspective. Yeah. Like, how is that a why? That wouldn't be a surprise right. to Oppenheimer, so why is that a surprise to us in the film? That, that's the one moment I would say Nolan kind of breaks with, yeah, his like kind of the 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 mechanics of the of the film.
1: My the only defense I have off the cuff for no is it would that, be a four and a half hour it, movie. Yeah, right. yeah, if we're, we're going to have to look at every affair that Oppenheimer yeah. had, you know, it's going to be yeah. So yeah. I have a bigger complaint, which is that they have to mention John Kennedy as oh. being like the key yeah. guy who denies Strauss his his cabinet. Seat. I was kind of what like I just, I, I just I just it just galls me the way that Here's my th- always have to valorize that guy. Here's just, my theory. Uh, yeah,
0: is the film setting up that Strauss is behind JFK's assassination?
1: You think it's going to be an Oliver Stone? Yes, it's, it's this an Oliver stop.
0: Stone like that's because because that, the guy says there's three votes they lost, but they only mentioned JFK. Yeah. Well, Strass, as the film shows, is a vindictive man. Yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. Downey Jr. Fantastic in that mm, role. Absolutely. I, I mean, really, everyone in this film is fantastic in their role. I mean, I, Killian I would Murphy say, in this film. Yeah. I would say, you know, probably Emily point. Blunt and Florence Pugh. The film probably doesn't give them enough to do. Yeah, um, I have to. I, I have to admit. I mean, they're great in their roles, but their roles also feel a bit small to me.
1: My first time through the film, I struggled a little bit with some of the choices that Emily Blunt made. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, hope and I went to see it in IMAX. Okay. The second time with with Vicky. Okay. It. The way they use sound in this film mm-hmm. just. Brilliant, and it was in IMAX. The seats were literally yeah. rumbling. I do have it to was... say that that
0: was I was a little bit because I just saw it in regular, like right. basic, whatever Cinemark's yeah. basic thing. I was a little, I was not as overwhelmed by the bomb and kind of the presentation of it as I was kind of expecting it to be.
1: I thought the way the film goes silent was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, that—that that I thought. was just I mean, like, that well, well that no, totally like, makes sense because the sound yeah, is. But what a brilliant moment of filmmaking! So, just yeah, just I have to say
0: something. Yes when it all goes silent you also can hear every audience member and all the sounds that they're making and
1: i felt super self-conscious and i was really aware of everybody else mm. so like what a community moment too yeah somebody is a performance studies major mm. obviously <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no well absolutely. i mean i don't like to brag but yeah you <laughs> but, oh, stop it. but you do you do feel like you do feel it and you feel it collectively mm. it's just yeah. I, yeah. It's
2: almost, brilliantly made film. It's almost like you know the chaos that's happening but it's dead quiet. Yeah. Like what what do you, cuz you know what's happening. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and he makes you just, just
1: and he makes you just sit in it
2: and for minutes. Mm. Yeah,
1: it feels like yeah. forever, yeah. right? It feels like forever that you're sitting in that silence and it's just it's yeah. I was expecting something much worse
0: to happen. I can't remember who it is that's sitting in the car with the glass that refuses like the glasses or whatever it is or the protective Is that is was it the guy
1: or who is was played by Josh? No, Teller's got the stuff
0: face. Yeah. In face. Was it the but guy was... who
2: played Josh Peck? No, he was in the he was no, in the he, was, he, he was, was in the he was yeah. Yeah. I, can't
0: I was like, I was like, oh, clearly that's. I'm like, you're trusting the <laughs> American-made glass in that windshield to yeah. shield you from. The... Yeah, back that's then we gonna... made American. I guess made we did because I was like, yeah. oh, it didn't. I was expecting something much worse to happen.
1: Yeah, to him. Yeah, just I just yeah, a brilliant film. As a historian, one of the things I really appreciated was the way in which the film introduces the debate. St- will rage forever among historians mm-hmm. about why we actually dropped the bomb. Mm-hmm. And it never does it in a didactic way. We don't get like a five-minute lecture. But ac- across the course of the film, why do we drop the bomb? Revenge for Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. in years of bloody warfare, um, the ethical erosion of concerning bombing that happened across the war. Mm-hmm. Once you firebomb Dresden and once you firebomb mm-hmm. Tokyo and mm-hmm. you're killing tens of thousands of civilians, women's ki- women, kids, like old folks... Then all of a sudden dropping the atomic bomb doesn't seem like that big a threshold Mm -hmm. to cross, right? We've been slowly crossing that threshold. Um, Like Truman and his his obsession with his own masculinity Mm -hmm. and turning everything into poker analogies gets in there. Bureaucracy. I thought one of the things I re- most liked about this film is it's kind of a study of bureaucracy mm. and the way in which we compartmentalize decision making that allow us to make really, really terrible decisions. Oh, the yeah. The, the I mean, the theme of compartmentalization in this yeah. film is
0: pretty. I mean, again, that, that's another way that you can describe kind of what Oppenheimer does, too. Right, is he compartment? He embraces yeah. compartmentalization, right. Both sort of as bureaucracy, but also in some ways as an individual His sort intellectual of intellectual and spiritual kind of yeah. ability to compartmentalize. Because it's, it's yeah. important to note, you know, in the, in the idea, of, you know, in the the whole like Oppenheimer theory versus practice sort of debate, right? I think it's significant to point out that the moment that Oppenheimer learns they split, the, they split the atom, yeah his immediate reaction is like, oh, we're going to make a bomb. Like he, right. There's a way in which he knows. Yeah. He both knows and doesn't know right. the immediate practical
1: consequence. But he also immediately frames it in every physicist is thinking this. Yeah, And so it becomes this moral dodge about mm-hmm. building a bomb. Like I have to build yeah. a bomb because if I don't, the Nazis mm-hmm. will build a bomb. Yeah. right. That's another kind of moral compartmentalization mm-hmm. that I can do horrible things mm-hmm. – well, because I'm Batman, right? Because I'm a, yeah. I'm on the good guys' side, yeah. and we can't let the bad guys. But also feeds in that of
0: idea technology. of, as you kind of talked about, the way in which we turn everything into a sport. Yeah, the competition with the Nazis to build the bomb becomes a sport, a competition. Right. But it's really it sexy for scientists, right? Yeah.
1: Like that's exciting because like it, that's yeah. kind of where you want to be until you yeah. actually get it. But that bureaucratic momentum, like historians have written, I think very accurately, so that like when you build a bomb, you're building it with the assumption you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. And Groves in this film, who I think Matt Damon plays quite brilliantly, Mm -hmm. he embodies that. Mm -hmm. Well yeah, like we're building a bomb to use it. Yeah. Like that's the military sees it as a tool. You Mm -hmm. build a tool to use it. You don't build a tool not to use it. Mm -hmm. So it works really well. I mean, the one thing that the film doesn't really think about much is race Yeah. and the way in which race may or may not have factored in mm-hmm. Truman's decision to yeah. to drop the bomb. But overall, I think Nolan, without preaching mm-hmm. or teaching, does a pretty good job of introducing the various complexities that we all feeding the momentum yeah. to drop a bomb. Well, and I,
0: I think you could make the argument that, that the extent to which the film does think about race is to show, you know... That at least part of the the decision made was that we didn't really care about the Japanese as a people. Right. Like, there's the one where the guy says, "Well, we can't." I can't remember which city he says we can't bomb that because I vacationed I think it's there. Kiono. Kiono. It is Kyoto. Yeah. yeah. That that, but like, like that's the concern, not the people there. Like, there, right. there's kind of an across the
2: board. He did kind mention of, he did mention that it's a like uh, national landmark. There's a lot of historic yeah. like history there, so, yeah. so yeah. we can't touch it. Right. Yeah. But
1: he also ties it to his family like, vacation. Yeah. Like, why we vacation. Why it matters as a yeah. landmark is because. We We'd like to go, go kind of there. tour. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So, in, in that way, thinking about the complexity and mm-hmm. in, in the bureaucracy, I guess we think I thought a lot about the military industrial complex
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the relationship it built with scientists mm-hmm. and with leftists. Mm hmm. Oppenheimer kind of represents yeah. both, of course. Right, I can see why scientists get sucked in. Like, there's loads of money mm-hmm. and exciting research to done to be to be done. But Oppenheimer is also a leftist, right? He's a he's a fellow traveler of sorts. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not committed enough. For yeah, I mean, you. That, I mean, well, it's, it's I, I just I I don't know if he's committed enough for me. But I think the film kind of shows
0: that he's not. Again, it's another thing that I think he responds to on an intellectual level, but not more than that.
1: Right, because the bomb's intellectual appeal yeah. outweighs communism. Yeah. Can I can I mean he's o- all I mean
0: even even in the early going of the film like he's always kind of on the edge of the 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 leftist movements like he's not because yeah. every time yet, someone calls him a lefty or communist or whatever he's right. like well I didn't I didn't actually join. I didn't join the party, but like he always tries to maintain kind of that that distance in a way.
1: True, but he also goes to parties that mm-hmm. he knows he shouldn't be going to, yeah. and he makes friendships with Chevalier and others mm-hmm. who he should not be making friendships with. Yeah. There is enough of a commitment in him mm-hmm. to to say like, well, what they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. But I think the point is that those ideals get corrupted really easily mm-hmm. when you get pulled into the military industrial.
0: Yeah, well, or or complex. not just corrupted, abandoned. I mean, he abandons right. all of his leftist friends just to be on the secret project, right?
1: but I, I it also I, I think that abandonment is a kind of corruption mm. in him right if this is what he believes in mm. in terms of people he'd rather have science than people
2: yeah I think it also kind of boils down to because one of the things that I pulled away from this thing was boils down to pride and ego oh, oh yeah. like absolutely everything yeah. everything mm-hmm. boiled down to it and even at the end the the moment that really got me and why I think a lot of like the about the the people who were there and the japanese people as well yeah. why it didn't happen was because it made it more powerful because we weren't even thinking about it when mm-hmm. we were building it in the first yeah. place because we were so every scientist was all about their own ego their own pride yeah, right. and at the end when albert einstein had to say to him you have to put your ego aside aside you're going to be tarred and feathered right. and eventually they're going to forget and they're going to give you a medal and mm-hmm. they're
0: going to feed you like a cheap and then right yeah. but, it's and not, but it's not but it's not for you it's for them it's not right.
2: for the you at, all your right. friends exactly. all your friends are going to shake their your hand mm-hmm. because it's beneficial for them
1: mm-hmm. and that that's like the the tragedy of it all right he is an utter genius who thinks he can control everything just because mm-hmm. he's smart mm-hmm. and it turns out power doesn't really care very much about smart mm-hmm. power will use smart as a tool to get where it wants to get yeah. but the system isn't going to let you have control of it yeah. because mm-hmm. you're smart. And well, and, and th- so he he when he discovers that he's a tool, mm-hmm. yep, and not the machine's maker is like that's a really yeah. powerful trajectory. across you, you the You see the, of the switch yeah. when yeah.
2: Emily Blunt says, "Why are you letting them do this? Why aren't you fighting this?" Yeah, you know. Then you see something that he he knows something yeah. or something flipped yeah. when in the beginning of the movie he would fight. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's another Because he can't, right, he can't. Because he yeah. knows. He can't win. Like, it's, yeah. the story has been preordained yeah. from the moment Groves first sat down at that desk. Well, and I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing, another way to kind of
0: phrase, you know, the way in which the film emphasizes the flaws in Oppenheimer is that he's he's really smart at science. He's really smart at theory. He does not understand politics. Right. Because the politics are what get him in the end. Um, and that, and that's a whole realm that, that he kind of sees himself separate from or, or, or is ignorant of, or however, cause like right. the whole, I mean the whole, you know, the whole, like the present of the film, which yeah. sort of has him, you know, being interrogated and whatnot, you know, kind of shows how kind
1: of out of his depth he is right. in the political arena. Well, he's not as smart as he thinks he is yeah. ultimately that, that his intelligence isn't, hmm. you know, if only Kennedy had lived. Then clearly politics would have been better and everything yeah. would have been fine. Yeah.
0: Well, that's clearly that's clearly that a message. That's clearly a message yeah. you can embrace in the skills. Yes. Yeah. You being such a lifelong Kennedy fan, <laughs> so, particularly the lionization of Kennedy.
1: I don't even remember. I think when we did question, the questions episode, mm-hmm. I think Zach. I don't know if you wrote the question or if somebody else did. If we were going to make a movie, what movie would we make? And I talked about making. Like nobody's made the Japanese American movie yet mm-hmm. during World War II. I would love to have Christopher Nolan shoot it. The way he mm. the way in which he captures these desert vistas so mm. beautifully in this film, but he he can he has this knack as a filmmaker to juxtapose the broadest possible images mm-hmm. with the most personal and smallest mm-hmm. kinds of images that just work, I think. And he's mm. the guy that I want to make my movie. And
2: he, he's he's really good at what I'm finding is really really important for films and everything is to keep the main thing the main thing. And I think he does that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like actually. I think he does yeah. that really well. Yeah. Like, I think he focuses on Oppenheimer and he focuses on Oppenheimer's view mm-hmm. and his yeah. ego and pride. Yeah. But when you kind of have these other ideas of the time that are coming in, it can make a movie really messy. Right. Mm-hmm. But Nolan, because if you go into right. the Japanese, the tragedy mm-hmm. that happened with them right. or the displaced yeah. people that were having for Los Alamos and everything, yeah, it makes the movie messier. He kept the main thing the main thing.
1: Right. And and I think about that as a lesson that ought to be applied to almost every superhero movie that's come out in the last 10 or 15 years where they feel like they have to stuff everything into the film and they end up making these kind of overloaded, puffy – loaded Which of is films. why, of course, the oh, no. Hawkeye series
0: is the best, because they keep the main thing, the main thing it, in which the is, Hawkeye well, series. Lucky
2: to dog. Which is Hawkeye. <laughs>
1: I think, I, but I think we'd all agree, actually, that Hawkeye is one of the better things that Disney Plus yeah. has done. And in part because it is, I think, better focused than, say, A mm. Moon Knight yeah.
3: was.
2: Yeah. Mm. But I also like... It, it, it's almost... Because you're focusing on a movie about a person with flaws, mm-hmm. it's almost better that the movie has some flaws in it and doesn't mm-hmm. show certain aspects and sides. Well, and
0: the film has some messiness in it, too, yeah. in the way that, you know, like, we don't we don't get any kind of redemption for him nope. dumping the kid off. You don't feel better. Um, you don't feel good yeah. about him. And, and the no, way, like, can I talk about— You I, shouldn't, right? No. I talk about, like, you know, there's a point in the film that at some point there's, like, Oppenheimer's brother— Mm-hmm. There's Chevalier, and then there's the Tolman husband. Like at some point, I was like, wasn't sure those were three different people. Like there were times I was, like, oh wait a minute, that is a third different person. That's not the like yeah. who's Chevalier and Tolman and the brother. Where I got confused, which I kind of liked the messiness of the film. Like it didn't like you know another filmmaker might have made all of those one character just to simplify right things. And so I like that some of the the way the film presents. Well, the story is messy as well.
1: I think that messiness is really important. I understand that a lot of Hollywood fare tries to squeeze messiness out, yeah. but I think Nolan is getting at more profound truths because mm-hmm. he's willing to let it be
3: messy. Yeah. yeah. I
1: think I, I've watched it twice. I think if I went back and watched it a third time, I would see it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different things would come into focus. Other things would like lose a little bit of focus. I think that messiness is, yeah. is really... I think one of the things he does really well with messy is thinking about the way – thinking about violence, mm-hmm. finally, in this film and the way he connects it to the frontier.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to bring up the frontier because, I mean, when you were talking about, like, the the shots of the vistas and everything, yeah. again, you can kind of see Oppenheimer's understanding of the land yeah. is very frontiery because he's like, yes. ooh, beautiful vistas and mountains and everything, but ignores the people that were there. Right, which this is, is very and, much and, – and, and does something very violent on that frontier – Right. Devastating to the people that are there. It's his favorite place, and yeah, I and he get, goes back. Like that's like, the place. That's my favorite place. To detonate Let's the detonate bomb. the bomb here. I'm like, yeah, yeah but there, there is kind of, you right. kind of. Oppenheimer does kind of capture that American a version of that Again, without, American frontier kind of mythology
1: without beating you over the head with it. Correct. Without being really didactic and, and preachy yeah. about it, it's just there. The same thing with sex and violence yeah. works in this film as well. That, that the, like the ways in which Americans mm-hmm. have this kind of warped connection between sex and violence, mm-hmm. that's there too. But again, in really messy ways that aren't always easily articulated, but capture – we'd like to think that the decision to build a bomb, mm-hmm. then building the bomb, mm-hmm. and then choosing to drop the bomb all followed a very logical, linear mm-hmm. process – And none of it does. Mm -hmm. Like all of this, all of these outputs that we see as just the bomb on Hiroshima, isn't doesn't come from a single linear line of thought. Mm -hmm. And I, I again, I love that messiness. Well, that or or, we don't have as much control as we think we do. Or
0: if it does come from a linear line of thought, it's a linear line that started with dropping the bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. Whatever linear lines we build before it.
1: Right. Whatever linear lines we build, like that's what historians do. You go back and you find those narrative threads, mm-hmm. but we're always creating those narrative threads mm-hmm. on some level. There's always different approaches you could take, mm-hmm. different perspectives you could bring. So I, I think, I, I really liked this film. I have a fair foul for you. Okay. Okay? Do I have a fair? No, I don't have a fair foul for this. Saw Oppenheimer today, parenthetically, which was excellent, and was reminded of Virginia Woolf's apropos observation. Mm-hmm. That, bi- that biographies can, quote, provide the husk of a life, mm. but that fiction can, quote, extract the atom. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. How are you feeling about that? Fair mm.
0: or foul? It's rare that I can see the <laughs> trap laid for me right
1: then and there. Oh, there's another level to the trap. Oh, I know there's another level to the trap. Oh, do you? I'm pretty sure I know what the trap is. Oh, you know what that trap is. There's a second trap. There's a second trap. Yeah, there's a secondary trap. Oh, is this? An, is this? Uh, is It's it s- not common. Sense <laughs> I was mean, just saying, is it that kind of but a trap? But you're sniffing down the right way. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't, I don't so like. So, what do you it. think? Fair, or foul. Uh, Biographies I'm, can provide the husk of life. Uh huh. But fiction can extract the atom. Uh,
0: s- uh certain fiction this can. Yes. <laughs> not all no. fictions. Is
1: it fair or is it foul? There's not. We don't do semi-fair. Sure, and we semi-foul. do. We do that all the time. Okay. Anyway, I will you recall.
2: Know who... I will say on Patrick's defense. Here, yes, it, it, there has been like it's semi-right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was
1: written by Brian Carso, Facebook user. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we
0: should talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I should. We, yeah. Should we do like? Uh, should we move into lightning round mode?
1: Because <laughs> we're already. I would yeah. say we're already like. Yeah. Quick hits on the last few things. I guess we can't really split this, but yeah. So, yeah. We, we can have a slightly longer one since we haven't done anything else. That's true. It's a podcast. You can pause it. Yeah. Come back to it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Take a break. You know, yeah. have some lunch, go to the restroom, come back for the next part. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
1: So, I I, I can I start by talking about Nazis? Sure. I was I was interested to see how the film used Nazis. I mean, Nazis. It, again,
0: that if that yeah if you're if you you want to talk about your Nazi fandom go right ahead.
1: Well, at the risk of offending Nazi listeners, yes. and I hope that we don't have a lot of them.
0: Oh, but because I'm sure yeah. none of what we've said to this point has
1: offended the Nazi Fair listeners point.
0: in our audience.
1: The film made me marvel a little fans. bit about how much things have changed. Back in the '80s, we all took it for granted. That like Nazis ought to be punched. Yes, like punching Nazis. Punching was, Nazis is what was you do to Nazis. Unambiguously, yeah. a good thing yep. in the nineteen eighties. Nowadays, if you go to Twitter or whatever, yeah, kind of makes you wonder if everybody thinks we ought to be punching Nazis. But what I loved about this film, and I don't mm-hmm. know if, if Mangold did this on purpose or not, but this there's, it's an old idea that if you had a time machine, mm-hmm. would you go back in time? And kill Hitler. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of the classic, would you kill him when he was a baby? Yeah. To avert, like, all the terrible stuff that comes. What I loved in this film is that the, the old Nazi, Dr. Voller, mm-hmm. is engaging in that, that argument. Like, if you could build a time machine, would you go back? Yeah. And his answer is, yeah, I would go back and kill Hitler, but only to make sure that I did Hitler stuff better. Yes. Which I thought was just this beautiful little twist. Yeah. Right? Like, you're supposed to kill Hitler to prevent. Yeah. Genocide. He's like, no, no, no. I want to kill Hitler so I can do it better.
0: Hitler's the problem. Right.
1: Yes. But not in the way that you would expect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like like he's not efficient in Hitler's. Hitler's what kept us from from the third reich. I love that I love that little twist in the film that that they're thinking about Nazis a little bit a little bit differently. So what was your overall take on Harrison Ford's last turn in the Fedora?
0: I you know, I I would say a a couple things. (laughs) Um it is Easily the fourth best Indiana Jones film. Again, clearing that bar is not hard because you basically just have to get past uh, Crystal Skull and well, your number four. What's
1: number th- so number three is Crystal Skull? No, five is Crystal Skull. Five is Crystal Skull. This so is got...
0: four. Temple of Doom is three. I go back and forth between Raiders and Last Crusade as one and two because they're both really good.
1: Can I can I admit something on this podcast? What? I don't love Indiana Jones like I'm supposed to for somebody who was a kid in the nineteen eighties. Mm. I just don't like I've watched all of the films. Yeah. I don't remember all of them that okay. well. Crystal Skull, that's the the refrigerator. Yes. That that really resonates with me still. But yeah. yeah. So so it did but you know, did we need a fifth
0: Indiana Jones film? Probably not. Was this perfectly entertaining as an Indiana Jones fan, film?
1: Yeah. I would say it was perfectly entertaining, I actually. It, it,
0: yeah. it is a very James Mangold film in that... Working just through a guy out of his age? There's that. Um, there's also, you know, just like the Wolverine was good for like three quarters and then had a weird ending with Silver Samurai Robot. Yeah. And Logan was great for three quarters and then kind of went weird with, you know, killer young clone Logan. Right. You know, actually going back in time to talk to Archimedes—yeah, little weird. Didn't well, re- at this point, didn't, like. Didn't really. It didn't feel as weird as the other things because I'm like yeah. Indiana Jones. You know, he's seen God like melt people's faces. Like, right. there's mean, a I certain I mean, element in that. But okay. I was like, it it, it 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 does have kind of that James mangled ass. Was like, ah, you didn't yeah. quite stick the landing. But maybe not as much as in other films, you didn't right. stick the landing.
1: But it was interesting to kind of watch this film from the prism of Logan in particular. Yeah, and thinking about. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, it of is his his sort run? of. It
0: is very Logan. It's Indiana Logan.
1: And yeah. in, in, in an interview with Collider, he if talked it was, about, it's, it's yeah.
0: Logan. If it was PG thirteen instead of R,
1: I think. Yeah, I think Logan is actually a little bit better. But mm-hmm. but fair enough. He talked about that in an interview. Like, mm. Sort of, he he wanted to find this point to tell the story about a man whose shtick doesn't really work mm-hmm. anymore. A man who knew how the world worked and was really successful in yeah. it, but now Indiana Jones is teaching classes like any other college professor. Oh yeah, really bored students mm-hmm. who don't care. Yeah, about they're not who blinking he is. love you on the eyelids anymore in his class. No, no, he oh. is. He has he has, he has yeah. lost. His, oh, in the first Raiders of Lost Ark movie. When he's
0: teaching a class, one of the female students, like, closes her eyes, and she's got love and you oh printed on her eyelids that, that yeah. Indy can oh, see.
2: Oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. But the
0: film... Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, whatever he did to Marion in the fir- prior to the first film, she was underage. So, Indiana Jones is not a good person.
1: So, that being said, yeah. I think... I I think – well, you guys are the ones that said I'm not a good person and I'm un-American because I have not – He said that. I did not say you were un-American.
2: I said that as a quick aside because how could you not (laughs) like – How could you not like a guy who loves war? We
1: should make quick asides as a way to to like get get out of jail first. Oh, no. I I I said that. But it's only a quick aside. I just want to point out.
0: (laughs) I just want to point out. Zach didn't say I said that as a joke. He right. said, "I said that as an aside." Right. Well, because right. Yeah. who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't wa- <laughs>
2: love a good hero who's yeah. who gets the girl in the end? Finds the treasure? Is, isn't that so American?
1: So I thought the film <laughs> <laughs> just to move on, yep. fast the quick aside, handled nostalgia a little bit better than the Flash did. Okay. It felt like a little that's, bit less heavy-handed. That's, that's How low is the bar? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was say, like, you know, right. But the thing that really kept throwing me out of the film, like for God's sake. Transformers handle Nostalgia better than The Flash did. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I, the action sequence at the beginning, especially the knife fight when they're on their bellies, going oh, yeah. through the tunnel, to me, that's classic Indiana Jones, right? You need mm. to have those big set-piece action mm-hmm. um, scenes. But the way that they use the CGI to de-age oh, yeah. Harrison Ford, I find that very off-putting. It was very Polar expressy yeah. To me... In a way that, like, I just, it just, you can tell it's not real. This didn't feel as
0: bad to me as other things. Just part of it is that, because it really threw me. Because Ford talked about it. They have tons of footage of young Harrison Ford from the Indiana, from outtakes and and datings. Like, that's what they used for it. So it didn't seem as bad as other things. Yeah, it felt
1: felt very, like, it it just felt
0: to me. But yeah, 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 I'm not a big fan of the, where where they're using the whole DAG stuff way too much. Like, I'm, I'm,
1: Especially when they do like really old dudes who walk like they're eighty years yeah. old, but they look like they're twenty years old. Yeah. It just yeah. Well, it's it, it's kind it of like, work.
0: and I, I I'll apologize in advance because I am spoiler spoiling the end of Mandalorian season two for you. And I oh, know you you're don't gonna need you upset. have
1: no need to apologize. So for that. when
0: they bring back Luke Skywalker, yeah, they actually found an actor who is literally the spitting image of a young Mark Hamill. Yeah. And they still CGI'd Mark Hamill's face on him and it looked weird.
1: Yeah, like why? Like, and I'm like,
0: you no, know, that like the, you look at the yeah. shots of the guy playing him like, no, he he looks like Just Mark it, Hamill. Yeah. Like that is what it's he would look like enough, at the same, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. So yeah, I like I I enjoyed Dial of Destiny. You know. It
1: was perfectly fine. Yeah, I thought maybe... Is that, is that the phrase we use? It that was, is, yes. It was perfectly fine. I like, thought
0: maybe the whole like plot base on making sure everyone knows that Shia LaBeouf's character from the last film is dead. Oh, I was like, oh! I'm like, I get that they had to
1: deal with that in some way, but I'm like, that was a little, maybe a little you know, harsh to kill him in Vietnam. His girl coming back at the end is also like i just really yeah i
0: kind of, I, I, really... I it wasn't as bad as it could have been for me like right. I, I i thought they actually handled that pretty well it was nice to see karen allen
1: i yeah but it just felt particularly very,
0: that that, like... that i didn't like how they used her in crystal skull i lo- i don't I, remember I, how they used her in crystal she was skull. Uh, yeah she was not it was not a good take on the character so I, it was nice to see cuz she yeah she seemed like somewhat unbalanced in that film it yeah. was nice to see her you know kind of paying a little bit more respect to the character and, and, and the actor, I How'd you feel about
1: Phoebe Waller-Bridge? She was fine. I thought she was better than Fine. Yeah. I'm... I thought she she was good. Yeah, I'll say, oh, yeah, that's good. Maybe not great, but yeah. th- this was a film that... She was better than Shia LaBeouf
0: in the supporting role.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I just feel as if it's... Her character, the the arc that she takes is too predictable. I will
0: say the one thing that I did not like, and here I'm to be on common ground with you. Yeah, the kid
3: sidekick that she. Oh, had. that's what's next, Teddy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why do we need Teddy? I don't want Teddy. <laughs> did, There's, yeah. It's just it's it, and it's the nod is to such a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, like, of like yeah. Origin story. Like, That's the other, you, like we did Why would need... you put a big billboard in the middle of the films? Like, remember how racist were we? Yeah, were? we didn't need in that. 1980s? We didn't. Just, we also
0: yeah. could have done as much as you know the fans might have liked seeing Sala Yeah, I don't need John Reese Davies in brownface being you know the British actor playing an Egyptian. I'm like, yeah. oh, didn't need. Again, didn't like a need.
1: Couple a, a couple didn't need as much of him. The film is just reminding us of why some people. Zach. It's just a quick aside. <laughs> Might not be huge fans of Indiana yeah. Jones.
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, Americans yeah. love it. But in it. that, it does sort of perfectly capture the Indiana Jones films. When we right. go back, you're like, yes. oh, yeah. You're we like, yeah, very much yeah, you do, like oh, you We wouldn't like, like, do that today. Yeah. No, but we are doing it today, aren't no, we? No, but we are. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I like, yeah, didn't hate the film. Did we need it? No. Did it Did it change my life in some way? No. no. Perfectly enjoyable. But
1: for a Saturday afternoon yeah. where you're just going out, you know, on a date yeah. or going to a That was part of my big, because I
0: saw I saw that on there? Friday, Barbie Saturday, Oppenheimer Sunday. That was my big movie weekend.
1: So I think so far in the grab bag, we would say Barbie would be a must-see. Oh, yeah. Oppenheimer would be a must-see. Yes. Indiana Jones would be, yeah, if you've got time, yeah. go see it. Did you see Elemental? I did not, though. It's apparently on Disney Plus oh. now, so I can watch it. Well, I have notes. I, but I did not take very good notes. <laughs> Here are my notes on Elemental. Generations zero one two. Mm-hmm. Pants. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the thing in the movie. Some of the Elementals wear pants and others don't. And I'm like, wait a minute. like I can live with a movie where you don't wear pants. I can live with a movie where they do wear pants, it's, but like where you get Mickey, to choose whether you're wearing pants or Mickey not. It's
2: the Mickey Mouse conundrum.
1: I got, yeah, I got problems with that. Is it is
2: different
0: yeah. of the same element, not wearing pants, I, or do the different well, elements right, I, all,
1: kind of like if, if to be honest, do, do, some, you see, do you see the quality yeah, of my I notes? Do. I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be my answer.
0: Society
1: and wealth are two of your other notes. <laughs> I have society. I have wealth. Keep on each of these as a separate line. Right. Preaching or reflecting. I don't know what that means. And then puns. They all, all the elements have pun names. Like, wouldn't you run out of pun names really quickly? Yeah. No. Really? Okay. Oh, you can make
2: puns about anything. All right, Switch so to different let's do, languages. Let's then you do got water that too. real quick. I'm out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so just as a quick aside, easily done. I'm not doing it.
2: Well, I, I, I'm just to say, if somebody yeah. were to come up with them, you could come up with a lot
1: of them. Yeah, but this is a world that has like millions of people. Cloudy? Yeah. Is that
2: a pun? No
1: yeah like just what cloudy what, what was that just yeah. cloudy
0: that's not a pun and it's not, not about pun. water like, <laughs> like what like it's, it's, it's do you know what a cloud is
3: but well, it's air
0: it's water it's air it's, it's in the sky so it's air do you know the cloud is? i know clouds are made of ice crystals or whatever the heck they are ice crystals crystal water crystals vapor whatever but it's in the air so it's air Clouds are air. Clouds if, I'm, if I'm making my <laughs> elemental movie, the clouds
1: are in the air. They're air. I'm glad the heat's off me now. I'm glad you said something dumb like cloudy because yeah. it took us down yeah. out <laughs> even. Like I said, I'm glad the heat's off me. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> then I have Carl. What is <laughs> right at the end. That's of not notes. a pun either. No, I don't know what Carl. I don't know. I, oh my god. You spell it with a K? <laughs> is it Carl Marx? Oh, oh. No. No. That's all I got. Um, okay. It was it, it was kind of interesting because it definitely was the Carl story. It's Carl Sparks,
2: of... actually. Carl Sparks Carl in sparks. Elemental. See, there we go. See there, see it. there's a good one. Hey I had to read it. But redeem a spark myself.
1: isn't fire. It's spark a, is no,
2: ember. Fire. Ember <laughs> still fire. No,
1: yeah, sparks are fire. <laughs> we got enough. Carl Sparks is good. Cloudy was not.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, It was really
0: bad.
1: But it it is a film that's trying to explore what it means to be an immigrant. Yeah, and, I know that. Uh, and yeah. kind of working through generational... Which, none, I
0: gotta say, none of the... If I had just not known that... Yeah. That's not what I want to phrase. You would not know that from any of the film's advertising. Right. Like, there is nothing in the advertising that makes... Like, when I read... Mm-hmm. I saw an interview with the creator where they, or they quoted the creator saying he based it on his immigrant experience. I'm like, well, huh? Because yeah. none of that comes through right. it's in the advertising. It's almost as
1: if Pixar may be feeling some political heat from previous films, like Lightyear, that didn't do quite as well. I, because think, well, I think it just has more to do with it. They I try mean, to just like sneak a pro-immigrant message through without yeah, possibly. advertising it. I mean,
0: Pixar's been, they've been done a disservice by Disney in general. So,
1: Well, but I, who what hasn't? has Disney serviced well? Secret Invasion?
0: Did you like that segue?
1: Well, we've got, yeah, uh, we got, yeah, we got that, and we got American-born Chinese. Yes. Secret Invasion. If I could review it in one sentence, mm-hmm. garbage, dumpster fire, awful, not worth, not worth ten minutes of your time. I think the honest trailer
0: by Screen yeah. Junkies summed it up well. Yes. By describing the show as about quote two old guys yelling about off-screen promises they broke, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like that is. A good deal of yes, it. There is a good story to tell in Secret Invasion. Unfortunately, they focused on everything that's not the good story. I Because everything I want to see is stuff that they're like, oh, there's millions of scrolls running around. I'm like,
1: really? I have said repeatedly that what they should have done was take Secret Invasion and made it the next arc yeah. on the big screen. That's what yeah. it should have been. Turns out Robert Downey Jr. is a scroll. That would mm. be fun. Yeah. Right? Mm. So that that was the big miss. Yeah. Here's my big complaint with it. hmm uh-huh. It's a spy thriller mm-hmm. that's not thrilling. I believe there yeah. is not a moment in that no. show that I'm on the edge of my seat.
3: Mm-hmm. No, it's just,
1: it's just it's a very poorly done thriller. Yeah, no, it, it's just poorly done. Period. The other thing yeah. is
0: that it raises all kinds of issues continuity wise, because oh, you're know. telling yeah. me Nick Fury has had a secret spy network yes. of people who can appear as anything, right? And he still didn't know Hydra had taken over Shield.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Like I, how? Like I
0: thought about that? Like
1: how, how? 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 I like how you got really high
2: pitched there. Like you're so it, offended. It's kind of how? like the, it's kind of like the TVA type. I'm just like, the, the, like like and Eternals. Like where were I'm, you yeah. when all this stuff was going down? And then down. the other thing he yeah. mentions
0: at one point because they have to do this in every show because every show they do focusing on one person has to somehow explain why none of the other Avengers are showing up.
1: That was my next point. And they have
0: to have that point where he says, we have to stop relying on Avengers and superheroes in general to solve their problems. Two issues with that. One, Only all two. of their problems are solved by Gaia getting all kinds of superpowers right. and fighting off Gravik. Right. Two, now instead of, you know, the Avengers not showing up, why didn't Gaia, who has the powers of the entire MCU show, why didn't they call her? Right. In future things. Like, Gaia's running around with the powers of everybody. Yeah. But we're probably never going to see her again.
1: Yeah, it, it just... It doesn't make sense. I, one no. thing I hate in movies, and pop culture generally, is when somebody yeah. says, well, there are other people who could help me with this, but this is my problem. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go fix it myself. Yes. It's, a, it's a really poorly written plot device Particularly to, to out. Particularly
0: when you are one person in Nick Fury, and your problem is a million scrolls. I'm like, I feel like that's not really a Fury problem. Right. That feels yes. like you need
1: a bit well, more... Bit more help. Can I just say the way they engineer Gaia getting the powers at the end? Yeah. That they just assume that when Gravik turns on the superpower making machine, mm-hmm. that he'll keep Fury inside of it. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense at all.
0: There's a lot that doesn't make sense. Yeah.
1: It is just it's just it's that it's there not is good.
0: zero learning curve to having all of those powers right but oh, like, yeah I feel like there would be some problems
1: it's also very much a CW flash where we can't give anybody the powers until the last part of the last episode because yes. we can't afford to actually do the special effects across the entire show yes
0: yeah.
1: yeah yeah so I think we agree on this one you can skip it
0: oh yeah 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 there there is yeah it is it it's, is
1: it's it's not even it's yeah. not even funny to laugh at it's not like Aquaman Aquaman not good but funny to watch yeah I couldn't even laugh at this well I just, and the, I couldn't and find th- yeah they're that bad there are yeah no
0: there's there it is literally the most unpleasant experience I have had watching an MCU property oh and that's you know how saying something. Feels. like so secret invasion something. was was I mean there's so ma- there's so many problems number one that the opening <laughs> credits were completely AI generated I'm like you guys Killed really yourself with that, tone yeah. yeah. like, yeah. and that they didn't change it after, like, everyone after the first episode was like, "This sucks." Yeah. Um, oh, what was the? Other? Dang it! I'm so angry. I lost what what my other questions were. It's catching. Um. Up. Dang it! Was it? It was that. Well, now I've totally lost. Roger That's himself, all we need. So That's so, all we need. For I'm how so infuriated. But though, yeah, there. Oh, there is a story to do about kind of of. <laughs> refugees and the ways in which that they are mistreated. Because the whole point is... would that be great? The whole premise of the show is that, you know, Fury promised the Skrull refugees he would find them a home. And he reveals in the in the movie, or in in the show, he's like, yeah, after a couple of years, I realized that wasn't going to happen. And so I had to find a place for you here. Never telling them that. Despite the fact like, that, that they a... can
1: live in Chernobyl.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like you could find a planet... Also, that would be as, as, as the Screen junkie people. the
0: screen Junkies on his trailer Come points on. out, like... like Fury says, "Yeah, we couldn't find a planet for you." And they literally cut to Milky Way, a hundred billion planets. Like, it feels like you didn't do your due diligence. Right.
1: With, for example, Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel,
0: yeah.
1: f- flying through all of it. Yeah, but that so take him to nowhere. Thor,
0: like, who's again, got it's, all it, the worlds, and yeah. and the compa- right? you know, the, the it, com- yeah, it's ridiculous. Again, the 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 uh, once again with the MCU, the villains in this series are not entirely wrong in that they have a right to be angry. Yes. And there is a story to be made about that. Yeah. It is not the story we get because we get, oh, refugees are the villains.
1: Right. Because Gravik is kind of an unthinkingly violent person who can only imagine eradicating the entire human race. Not just that. He kills all of his own people for a reason I'm still trying to figure out. Well, some of them were giving him a hard time.
0: Yeah, okay. The <laughs> yeah, the one says that you screwed up and he like immediately like just, you know, skewers you, the guy. It's
1: like this is why yeah. you could be a better department chair. Sometimes you have to be ruthless. You can't just let people get away with with contesting what you have to well. say.
0: I'm sure the history department is going to enjoy your reign of terror. Having well, been, that's end.
1: why I'm leaving after five fruitless, ineffective years. Austin,
0: Alan Gravick Austin.
1: <laughs> oh. yeah, Are it you was, a scroll? It's a bad movie. And then, and bad, then there's the
0: whole movie. thing of like you know they reveal sure. in the first episode that Everett Ross has apparently been a scroll, right? For some time, we don't know how long. Like, have we ever seen the real Everett Ross? Yeah. Um, and then Rhodey being revealed Poor as Rhodey. a scroll.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He really got trashed.
0: So I'm just like, okay, which I, you know, I could understand if, okay, so this is the way we get around Rhodey not being able to walk because we obviously say he was replaced before he got injured, but no, they're making pretty clear that he got replaced after he was injured. So I'm like, like what does this
1: exactly accomplish for us? It accomplishes nothing, but I feel like you're getting so far in the weeds that our viewers might miss the larger point, keeping the main thing, the main thing. It was a terrible show.
0: I believe I've, I'm still, I'm just adding to the main thing with other subsidiary main things. But yeah, Secret <laughs> Invasion was awful.
1: Okay, how about American Born Chinese? We only, we should be, kind of wrap things up, but yeah. we should talk briefly about American Born Chinese. It was a little bit different from the graphic novel.
0: It's totally different. It's very different from the graphic novel. Which means novel. I can
1: still teach the graphic novel, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I,
0: I wanted to like it more than I think I did. Yeah. Wait. Um...
1: But as a former LARPing enthusiast, I thought you'd really like the cosplay that was involved. No? no? no. Was it not authentic enough for you as a.? It's as not. A, no, I
0: just. It felt like, again, and they, I, you know, it felt like just because they could make a bigger story, I don't think they needed to.
1: I feel like.
0: Every time yeah. they, they delved into Bull Demon and the father's conflict, I was like, I don't care about the conflict. To me, what the it felt like the it felt like the MCUification wait, of American-born Chinese. I think
1: they, I think what they wanted to do was keep the structure of the novel, yeah, but tell different stories within the structure, yeah. And I agree, but I, I didn't, I don't think I found it as bad as you did. I didn't find it bad, I, like, but I, I just, it I, I just, I perfectly struggled with watchable. it. Watchable?
0: Yeah, um, I just, there there's just, and I also didn't like the, 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 um, I can't think of the word. I don't know. The, the the setup at the end, the uh, cliffhanger. Didn't like the cliffhanger at the end. That we had <laughs> to set up a season two, apparently. Like, you're
1: the one that can't remember it. I know. I was excited that I finally remembered the like, word. Like, oh, you're excited. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Here's one thing I liked about the show. It had a kind of optimism in it mm. that it's not at Heartstopper level and it's not at Ted Lasso level. Okay. But it it had a kind of optimism about what high school students might be mm. that is I think relatively rare yeah I didn't need a fight scene choreographed every episode yeah but the occasional one doesn't bother me and the final one like at the soccer game where all the adults don't understand I could I, yeah I it felt
0: to me that I mean I you know I like I like the see I liked what the series did in terms of adapting the chin key character
1: it had to right um, Yeah. yeah.
0: And what I find really interesting is, in, in terms of having Kihiu Kwan play that role, which really resonates kind of post-everything, everywhere, all at once, and kind of how he...
1: And post-Indiana Jones, right? If you think about yeah. the broad but arc career. but the thing is, career.
0: the film, American-born Chinese, was already done prior to any of that. Yeah. Like, they, it wasn't like they were cashing in. A lot of people talked about it, like, oh, it really is kind of picking up on yeah. that. It was done before all of that. Maybe we're having an age american moment. Which Asian I find american really moment. interesting.
1: Um, Which would be a good thing, right?
0: Yeah. So I I liked what they did with that. I just, the all of the supernatural stuff that they kind of dialed up to 11, huh. I just I felt was a little too much I for me. I think they did that for you. It didn't work for me. Okay. I, I, I really, mi- I one of the things I love about the graphic novel is it's such a simple, straightforward storyline. Okay. This is not that. That they they yeah. manage, that, that, that works so well. It's such a well-constructed Right. Um, the, graphic are... novel, and 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 there there's a lot of like I really like, um, gosh, I it's been so long since I watched it. The main character's name, um, Jin. No. Yeah. Is it Jin? Is Jin the main?
1: He's the yeah. Squirrel. It's the clo- yeah, yeah. It's
0: the closest to the. It's probably the part that's the closest to the original right. plot.
3: Right.
1: But um, there, but there are moments I think that are pretty good, like where the principal talks with the parents. I love that. that was a good moment. It, I did where like that you they... see, white liberal. Yeah, quote unquote concern being yes, exposed that was nine- for what it really yes. is. Yes, like there were there were there some there, moments. There were some moments, but the
0: whole didn't gel for me as much as I would as, as I would have hoped. So, but I would not say it was bad. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's a bit. I guess it's it's a bit
1: too big of a storyline. So for can, me. I think I had a Hamilton level insight into this. Okay, the actor about Jamie Yao, who plays Freddie Wong. Like, so the sitcom that's within the show, the main character is Freddie Wong. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: The – wait a minute. The guy that things always go bad for. Oh, that's the character's name is Freddie the name. Wong. The one Freddie that, Wong.
0: That's who Ki-Hu Kwan plays. Right. But gotcha. the guy that
1: – so he plays Jamie Yao, who plays Freddie Wong because he plays the actor. Correct. Yes, right? yes. Gotcha now. So clearly all of this is going to be revealed to be the script that Jamie Yao is writing. Like that's the big reveal at the end mm. is that it's in fact the story that he is writing is what's happening on screen. I hate to be a spoiler. That's but funny. I I just feel like that's coming. I think so. There was a yeah. lot of spawn stuff in it. Do you think that was intentional? There was a there was there was a large but, because there was some DC but, stuff in it as well. But, I'm like, But the How Spawn there? stuff was
0: especially Yeah, there was there were a couple things. There. Yeah, I, I forgot about that, but you're right. That there there were I was like, that's an odd Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we gotta get out of here. But one final yes. point: the mm-hmm. sitcom is a way to explore American life and values. I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. So I've got a fair or foul for you. Okay. Who do you agree with? Oh, here we go. Take one. The film or the show speaks to the plurality and individuality of Asian Americans and people who are quote unquote fresh off the boat. The series is great. I told my immigrant grandparents about it, and they said it sounds really great. Please mm-hmm. no hate. Or do you believe with this guy? Very bad and cringy. Huge disrespect to the Chinese culture. Mm. And at the same time purposely dig deeper a racist hole. It's not like this at all in real life. I'm probably closer to the first one. Okay. So you do you do have somewhat more positive views oh, yeah. of what it's trying well, to do? Well and I and I think and, 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 and this is
0: not a critique of the film. I think of the of the show at all. I yeah. think a lot of the mythological aspects, I'm guessing those probably play better. With a a Chinese and Chinese American audience than they do for me.
1: That's possibly like true. Like I think they're right. they're like they're and it's much, okay that pop and yeah, culture and that's be created that speaks yeah. more to other people and less to you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yes. So I was so I I think so it's possible that that there's levels on which the show works that I just am not able to perceive. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, uh But yeah, I I kind of I kind, I of, I kind I, of wish I, they had kept it to to a smaller story than they did.
1: I, I can see that as a fair critique. I think it's worth watching.
0: Oh, it's definitely worth
1: watching. Okay, All right. yeah. so so we agree. I think we need to wrap things up. Hope is starting to kind of like slump over in her chair. Like yeah, like I've been watching Hope and Zach as we've like crossed the hour mark and they're kind of like <laughs> sinking sl- like lower, ever lower into their yeah. chairs. Like they clearly have, have reached a point of no return. Yeah. Well,
0: they're trapped in the room. They can't take a break like our listeners. Right, exactly. But I'm
1: sure for listeners who are yeah. looking at us almost an hour and 40 minutes in, they're going to say, you know what they're going to say? Not this is too much, but thank yeah. you, thank was, you very yes. much for giving us this. You know we've missed you this summer, mm-hmm. and now there's we this, may have forgotten you exist. This this beautiful summer wrap exactly that 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 pulls it all back together and gets us ready for the fall season. That's right, fall season, woohoo! It's coming.